Cosmos Science, news, magazine, podcasts, video and features. You know the feeling, sweat forming on your brow and your face heating up, a sizzling sensation that coats your mouth. Maybe you finally took someone up on that bet to eat a raging hot chilli. Only, I'm not sure that my $10 was worth it. So why does your mouth feel like it's on fire now? I'm Stephanie Davies and I'm a year 12 student who once tried some spontaneous combustion hot sauce because I didn't believe the label. And I didn't spontaneously combust. So let's look into this and the science behind spicy food. What makes spicy food hot? Why do we like it so much? And what helps save you if you go too far? Let's tackle why first. In most of our spicy foods, for example red chilies, there's an active ingredient called capsaicin which binds to a specific phalanoid receptor in your mouth, TRPV1 or V1 for short. Essentially, capsaicin and your V1 receptors function like a lock and key, where the chemical capsaicin is our key, and the V1 receptor the lock. Only keys with the correct shape will fit into the lock, and when you unlock it, specific signals are sent to your brain. The reason we feel a burning in our mouths from capsaicin is because the V1 receptor is a nociceptor, containing a specific ion channel, which is triggered not only by capsaicin, but also by noxious heat, greater than 43 degrees Celsius. So when the V1 receptors in your mouth are activated, your brain is receiving the same signals as when it's activated by noxious heat. Your brain thinks it's literally hot inside your mouth. Ow! Hot! While most of our spicy foods stem from fruits of plants in the capsicum family and contain capsaicin in various concentrations, not all do, but they still offer similar bodily reactions. Wasabi, for example, contains aloeosothiocyanate, a compound that vaporizes and goes directly up the nose, causing an instant sensation very similar to tear gas. <laughs> Activating many of the same nociceptors as capsaicin does, including the V1 receptor. And just like when you touch a hot stove, your brain returns signals of pain to warn you about potential danger. Ah, that's hot. This means every time you eat spicy food, your reaction is just the physiological response to your body attempting to expel heat, even if the heat technically isn't there. I always find this really fascinating because it reminds us that pain is entirely constructed by our brain. While that doesn't stop it from being any less real, it's sort of crazy to think about the fact that there's no tangible qualities to pain. Chili itself doesn't contain painful properties. Your brain is simply creating what your body feels. This understanding of pain and our responses to it are researched by branches of neuroscience that are working to find better medications and solutions for conditions like chronic pain. Initial research in understanding the actions of capsaicin first led to the discovery of its receptor, the TRPV1 receptor. From this, researchers have been able to exploit the activation of the receptor with the use of capsaicin in various human, animal, and imaging studies to learn more about how pain is processed by our nervous system. More recently, from continuing to research the mechanisms of pain, many researchers have been able to achieve safer and more effective medications of pain relief, reverse engineering our pain responses. Researchers from the University of Copenhagen designed and developed a compound which, when tested on mice, was able to achieve complete pain relief. As of 2020, these researchers were working towards testing on humans and developing a drug with the hopes of helping patients addicted to strong pain medications like opioid pain relievers. Researchers closer to home from the University of Queensland have developed precision painkillers that are more accurate and less harmful to the liver. The targeted therapy reducing the potential side effects and safety issues associated with current pain treatments. In the case of chili, the only reason we feel a painful burning sensation is because capsaicin happens to bind with our V1 receptors, registering the food as a potentially dangerous stimulus. Which begs the question, 
Why do we continue eating it? We all know at least one person, someone who yearns for the burn, always adding additional chili flakes and hot sauce on everything. Their food just isn't spicy enough unless they're dripping in sweat. Why do they do it? Well, in response to the potential danger, our nervous systems also signal the release of endorphins, our body's way of trying to eliminate the threat. Endorphins are understood as pleasure-causing hormones, so this release of endorphins can cause some people to associate eating spicy food with happiness, creating the feeling of a runner's high, similar to after exercising. The body also releases a small amount of adrenaline, transforming a chill Friday night dinner into a thrill-seeking high. You only live once, right? A study investigating spice tolerances even found participants who showed more risk-taking and thrill-seeking tendencies were overwhelmingly more likely to enjoy eating spicy foods and enjoy the accompanying burn. Now, as much as I enjoy a bit of spice in my life, I always seem to be outlasted by my dad's higher tolerance for spice. So what is it that determines our spice tolerance? Am I suffering the consequences of missing out on my dad's tolerant genes or lacking his thrill-seeking side? Researchers have studied twins to determine if genetic spice tolerance is quantifiable. In this particular study, both identical and fraternal twins who've shared the same life experiences were fed strawberry jam, spiked with capsaicin. <gasps> the study concluded genetics could account for up to 58% of human spice tolerance with identical twins showing a higher likelihood of matching spice preferences and tolerances. But other factors also influence this. Importantly, upbringing and exposure to capsaicin can desensitize the nerve endings on your tongue and decrease sensitivity to it. Interestingly, even more influential to your spice tolerance is actually your attitude towards it. Studies found a person's attitude towards spice affects their enjoyment of the food and by extension their sensitivity towards it. Cultures featuring capsaicin-heavy foods more often make positive associations with spice, a phenomenon known as context effect, where repeated consumption of spicy foods can change an individual's internal guide as to what is and is not spicy. Professor at the University of Newcastle and researcher of food perceptions, John Prescott, suggests, regardless of sensitivity, we can all develop a liking for spiciness. This is why the context effect is considered more effective than simply eating really hot foods to increase your spice tolerance. The latter desensitizes your nerve endings and reduces the response from your pain receptors. However, this method is only temporary and reversible, typically lasting just a few days. Changing your liking of spice, however, can last forever. Essentially, to increase spice tolerance outside of genetic factors, rather than building physical tolerances, you should look at changing your attitude towards eating spice. Just fake it till you make it. And is it true that milk is better for cooling down your mouth? It turns out if a meal is too hot to handle, you should definitely take the extra time to grab a glass of milk rather than water. Capsaicin is fat soluble with properties like oil. These properties mean it repels water. So when you're gulping down a cup of cool water, the water is actually spreading capsaicin molecules around your mouth, possibly setting off even more receptors in the process. Milk on the other hand contains a protein, casein, which helps break the capsaicin bonds on receptors effectively washing out the capsaicin and relieving the pain. But don't worry, if you're not a fan of dairy, you've got options. Acidic drinks like lemonade and orange juice or a tomato-based food or drink can also help cool down your mouth. Capsaicin is an alkaline molecule, so balancing it with an acid can neutralize the molecule's activity. And my personal favorite, carbs like rice or bread can also help. The starch from carbs can act like a physical barrier between the capsaicin and your pain receptors. Ah, uh -huh, much better. You've been listening to Podcast Next Gen, 
a collaboration between the National Youth Science Forum and Cosmos magazine. Year 12 students from across Australia have written and recorded their own science shortcasts about important topics in their lives. We'll be releasing them weekly, so keep an ear out. Cosmos is a publication of the Royal Institution of Australia, which is based in Adelaide on Ghana land. The students recorded their pieces around Australia and we pay respects to Indigenous groups across the country.